Hello, everyone. Welcome back to 2020 Psych. I'm one of your hosts, Claire Hernandez, and I'm joined today by my father. I'll go let I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. My name is Dr. Hernandez. I'm an American Double Board Certified Psychiatrist. Thank you guys for joining us on our last episode of the year. It's been a very long year, very eventful, and we kind we wanted to make this episode to end off the year, give our thoughts, what happened, and some predictions for the new year. So we're just going to do a little year in review. And Dad, I want to ask you, um, how do you think this year went overall? Well, it's, it was a very challenging year, as you know. There were some good things and, and some challenges that we all confronted. Um, there continues to be, as you know, uh, COVID has not gone away, and by the looks of things, it won't be going away anytime soon. So that's unfortunate. Um, there's continues to be a, a strained mental health system, having to serve a great deal of people that are suffering from emotional issues, substance abuse issues, and um, everything else in between. Are there more uh, mental health cases in regards to, like, COVID side effects now that we know of at the end of this year that you can talk about? Or do you think there's still not enough research on the effects that COVID has had on mental health? I think for the large part, it's been understudied. So it's difficult to draw conclusions. But what we do see in the hospital are some patients that when they become infected, they do have some issues that persist long after the infection has disappeared. And we've even had some cases where patients have some uh, problems that happen after they get the vaccine. So it, it's been very interesting to see the changes that some patients have had surrounding COVID. And I know you mentioned earlier that the, I feel like we're in a spike right now currently with COVID. Do you think in this new year, 2023, you think we're going to see more of the same in terms of COVID rates that, at the rate that we're going? I think there's some consistency with the amount of patients that are getting infected with COVID. As you know, there's been some recent geopolitical changes. Um, Chinese uh, visitors will be uh, allowed to go to different, or Chinese tourists, I should say, should be traveling around the world. And it's unclear as to if there are any new variants in China that may uh, allow the the virus to continue spreading with these different variants. Again, it's unclear, so that may pose uh, another challenge. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that happens. Let's talk about some of the good things that have happened this year in terms of the mental health landscape. I know 988 went into effect in the summer. Um, is there any data on that, on how it's been a help? You know, it's still so new that I think there's very little data to report, but some patients are expressing relief that they can now dial 988 directly without having to go through the National Suicide Hotline or 911. It's more of a direct pathway to get help. And what the data that we have, help, have, have had over the pandemic is that patients, when they do reach out and they speak to somebody, it does reduce their suicide risk and attempts overall. So 
that's a, it has to be a very positive thing that moving forward we think is going to be something that is going to be helpful to the mentally ill. I think that's great, and we've talked about it. Well, as we mentioned before, when someone abuses one drug, their suicide risk typically goes up tenfold. When they use two drugs, it goes up 17-fold. If they inject a drug, it goes up 14-fold. So clearly, with the increased rates in some, of, in some parts of our patient population, with the increase in drug use, it increases their, their suicide risk as well. Well, Monitoring the Future, which is from the University of Michigan, has reported that usage amongst teenagers is actually decreasing. So that's a positive thing moving forward. There's other, area, there's other patient populations where it's increasing or staying the same. However, as you know, what's compounded things or made things worse or more complicated are, is the use of fentanyl which is some, some experts say that is, there's a bit of fentanyl in, in all illicit drugs. Because mm-hmm. I think we've talked about fentanyl before. What was its medical use before it became a street drug? What was it? It's an analgesic. It's to okay. control pain, severe pain. And so is it super cheap? Because I keep seeing now like on news posts that, oh, they just found this amount, this crazy amount of fentanyl, in the OC, and it could kill all of LA County. Like, how is it so? How is there so much of it? Well, it's such a potent uh, analgesics that, and such a potent opiate that it takes very little to overdose on. Mm-hmm. And when you overdose on this on this opiate, like any other opiate, it shuts down your respiratory drive and keeps you from breathing. That's what some experts say, that it's almost in every illicit drug, it's, it's laced with fentanyl because it, in, it increases the euphoria. And so it makes the product that you're buying seemingly better, more enjoyable. However, uh, unbeknownst to the user, uh, they're, 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 the fentanyl may be strong enough to kill you. So. Any product, amphetamines, cocaine, um, whatever product is out there that you're buying illicitly can be laced with the fentanyl. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's just really scary. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. So it's, that's, there's a tremendous amount of overdoses that occur with opiates, and fentanyl is the, is the leading culprit. You know, that comes from self-report because in most of the of the toxicology screens that are commonly used, 
at least in our hospital, it's you can't detect opiates or fentanyl because it's a semi-synthetic uh, product, so it won't even show up. But the patients will tell you, you know, I was using fentanyl, and so that's how you you know that that's what they were using. And what have you seen within this past year? What has kind of been the leading cause? I mean, you see all types of different patients, right? But what's been maybe some of the recurring things you've been seeing amongst patients this year? Well, it's been amphetamines, patients that's, that are uh, suffer from amphetamine addictions with cannabis or alcohol, now the fentanyl, but it's 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 so saddening to see some of the side effects of patients that have been abusing amphetamines, for instance, because it causes them to not think clearly, to come across almost as they were demented, and it's some it's something when you see an elderly person that's suffering from dementia, but when you see a young person, it's totally different. It's the impression that it that it has on a clinician or anybody in in general. It's got to be very disheartening to see someone so impaired because they can't think straight anymore. So, and you don't know if they're are they stuck like that, or they come in like that, and then after detoxing off the drugs, do they ever they come to you, or can they be stuck in that demented state? You know, those are questions that we don't really have clear answers to. Some patients do clear up, others don't. And again, when you see someone in their 20s or early 30s like this, it's really shocking to see how strong and potent amphetamines are and how destructive they are to somebody's thinking. Uh, It it really is uh, uh, sad to see. And when, when you see something like this, it scares you to ever consider even using to see the harm that, that this that this drug can cause. What would you say? What What would be your hope for this coming new year? That my hope would be that uh, illicit drugs would be declared a public health crisis and be addressed by professionals, by physicians, by substance abuse experts. Because it's a crisis that is having uh, devastating effects on uh, on our patients, and um, more resources need to be allocated to address this very serious problem. Those of us that are privileged enough to be able to treat patients have known that these are devastating, maybe long acting. Uh, effects, but definitely when we see patients in this in in crisis, it's it's very challenging to treat patients that are experiencing psychotic symptoms. They see things, they hear things, they feel they're paranoid, they're impulsive, uh, and they put themselves in dangerous situations. So, uh, as a society, we need to address this because it's it's something that concerns all of us. You're right. It, what we what we took a look at this year were the number of patients that were coming in under the influence of drugs. And years ago, when we looked at that data, it was like maybe one out of three patients. And in other parts of the world, it was maybe um, five out of ten. 
But now we're seeing eight to nine out of 10 patients coming in testing positive for one drug. So the drug usage has really increased, or at least the effects of the drugs are making patients so sick that they're they're ending up in a psychiatric ward. So that's what we've noticed this year that we hadn't really seen before, Mm -hmm. that the tremendous number of patients that are testing positive for so many drugs. And this is, uh, obviously, you treat a unique patient population in that you were in the city of L.A., and so it's a big, huge city. What do you think, do you think psychiatric units around the country are seeing similar things, like in the Midwest, in the South? What, what do you think that pa- patient population looks it, like? It's got to be the same because drug use isn't exclusive to any one part it's it's a it's a global thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, wherever people are smoking marijuana, uh, and especially vaping marijuana, which seems to be the thing now, uh, that is going to make patients psychotic. They're going to make them impulsive. It's going to make them suicidal, homicidal. So it's the the it, with the the director of. Uh, the National Institute of Drug Abuse, uh, Dr. Volkov, says that delivery systems have improved, and by that meaning vaping. Vaping increases the the THC uh, concentrations to 80 90%, so that's... Compared to smoking flour, which is what, 20%, 15%? 15 20%, so yeah. when you get such high levels, it makes patients psychotic. It makes them hear voices, see things, and be paranoid. And it's it's an ugly feeling. Yeah, because uh, that they're basically like supercharging their brain, right? With overloading it with dopamine. Is that what it, what it would be? Dopamine is considered that neurotransmitter that's associated with psychosis, and you know you get these high THC concentrations that produce this uh, this neurotransmitter, and that's what you're going to get. You're going to get patients that become. Frightened, distraught, they're hearing voices for the first time. It's a new onset. They start seeing things, and in, you know some of the forensic literature points out that half of these patients, young patients that develop these psychotic symptoms, are going to de- go on to develop bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. So it, it's a it's a crisis. I think it's a public health crisis that needs to be addressed at all levels of government and of medical societies. So do you think there also needs to be more? education and addiction because this kind like what i would you are would you say that um drug usage is drugs are addicting and so the reason why it's still a problem is because a lot of people are addicted to the substances that they're abusing well addiction psychiatry is something that all physicians need training in because it's so real it's so common it's uh and it's it's affecting large numbers of patients. And I think as a whole, the medical profession were ill-equipped to deal with this because of the lack of training. So I think education is the key for clinicians and family members and uh, alike. So the more we know about this, the more we study it, the better off we're going to be able to deal with it. And where do you do your reading at when you're trying to just stay sharp and learn, and where, where, do you, where do you go? Well, the American Association of Addiction Psychiatry is one source, but NIDA is something that is accessible to everyone, and that's a great, reliable, valid source of information, and I would invite anyone that 
has an interest to visit the National Institute of Drug Abuse Association, uh, or excuse me, the National Institute of Drug Abuse of America um, visit because they have a very user-friendly website. There's a lot of educational things there and great reliable facts and, and, and education for everybody. Yeah, I'll make sure to put that in the description. Is there anything else do you foresee in the new year? Anything? Or I'll actually call back to when we first started this new year in 2022. What do you think has come true or has been proved? Yeah, has been proven to be true based off some of your predictions for 2022. Well, we talked about COVID, of course, the stress that that was putting on the on on the population in general, uh, the increase in anxiety, depression, um, the ways of coping. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, the pandemic is still here w- with us, uh, and it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So that's something that we're going to need to, as a society, learn how to cope with, and to develop better coping strategies. I think what holds true is some of the things that we talked about, uh, healthy coping skills, exercise, meditation, healthy habits, healthy diets, uh, exercise, and trying to strengthen our coping skills. Uh, I think that holds true. Uh, I think still being prudent with uh, uh, trying to protect ourselves from the uh, from COVID-19. Uh, you know, it's discouraging that the Bavarian uh Booster only about twelve to fifteen percent of the patients in the United States that are eligible to receive it have. Uh, so uh, I think there's a part of us that wants to move forward through this and pretend or that it doesn't that it's gone that it's something of the past. But the reality is that it's not. It's going to be with us. It's not going in. It's not going away. It's going to be with us next year and maybe yeah. afterwards. So I, it's it's. A public health re- recommendation is to get your booster. Uh, don't think is th- that you're, if you've had COVID before, it doesn't, this doesn't mean you're immune to it. No, absolutely. And, you know, we do know that some of the, the more uh, uh, disturbing side effects, if you will, are the long COVID that they call the, and that's the brain fog. People can't think clearly anymore. They can't think quickly enough anymore. That's a real thing. Uh, there's a chronic fatigue syndrome that can develop from it. So there's the, there are these long-term side effects that we don't need to expose ourselves if 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 we don't have exactly. So you know, sadly, I think most of us, you know, want to move on and say, hey, you know, let's carry on like we did before and. You know, there's that urge, that tendency to want to be so, so-called normal again, but I don't know if there's if there's a new normal now. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what we're probably looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So, get your booster, wear a mask, and take care of yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and you know, there, there there's so many things that uh, we've seen this year: an increase in some domestic violence issues. Um, that's always an ugly thing that that is under study, that's uh, undertreated. Uh, so and rarely talked about. I feel like exactly. very taboo. Uh, and uh, as you know, what's become a big issue in in our in our in our city, in our county, in our state, in our country, and 
I don't know how it is around the world, but the homeless situation that doesn't adequately ever seem to get addressed. Uh, I think it's a patient population. It's there's not everyone's a mentally ill, obviously, but there's a significant a percentage of patients that are homeless that do have mental health issues, and the, I think they should be considered a special needs uh, patient population because of the lack of resources and the exposure to so many things yeah. from violence to medical issues and drugs and so forth. And I think to a certain extent, if you are homeless, you are going through a mental health crisis because the psychological effects that must have on a person to being on the street, even if they had no prior mental health history, must be taxing and hard to cope. And that's probably why maybe you didn't go into the streets a drug addict, but in order to cope, you started doing drugs while you were homeless, and then you just stay homeless. That's a good point. Uh, I, I think it's important to, 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 to just share with our audience that, at least in the city of Los Angeles, in the county of Los Angeles, there's now something called street psychiatry, where uh, psychiatry is being psychiatrists are actually going out into the community uh, to serve the homeless population where they are, uh, and I think that is just incredible. Wow! When did that start? As far to, to my knowledge, it started this year. Oh, okay. So that's something that it, I applaud uh, the the doctors that are doing that be, yeah. and the team that works with them because that is really courageous and that's. That's one of the brightest things that I've learned about this year. That they're actually taking psychiatry to the streets, and I know that it, you know medicine teams go out to the community. But now that psychiatrists are there, are working side by side, that's got to be a great thing too. That's awesome, and I think we should end on that note—a positive note—and hopefully for twenty twenty-three, we gave our recommendations: wear a mask, get your booster. Take care of yourself, and hopefully we see some more positive things come into the mental health space and more conversations and adequate resources. You know, I think you're right. There's we got to keep it real. At the same time, though, we want to uh, move forward with the positive attitude. So that's how we're going to end this. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and this year. We look forward to the new year, bringing you more episodes, more content, And thank you guys for listening, and I hope you have a great day and a great year.